It's Thursday, April 14th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about the Brooklyn shooting, Biden calling Russia's actions genocide, Finland and Sweden hoping to join NATO, and inflation. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. On Tuesday morning, an attack in a Brooklyn, New York subway station left 10 people shot and dozens injured. All victims have survived. Apparently, the suspect put on a gas mask as the train arrived to its stop, unleashed a gas canister, and started shooting before fleeing. Well, yesterday, the suspect called in a tip line for himself, revealing his location at a McDonald's. Police didn't end up finding him there, but rather walking the street nearby. This man became a person of interest once authorities found his keys to a rented U-Haul, which was found close to the scene. They discovered later that he had posted videos online talking about violent topics. This man is expected to make his first court appearance today. For the first time, President Biden has referred to the Russian attacks in Ukraine as genocide. Even though the president and other world leaders have been highly critical of Russian President Putin's actions, they have been very careful on labeling him and the invasion over concerns that such declarations could escalate the situation more. And with diplomatic efforts still underway, leaders and negotiators want Russia to come to the table as open as possible. President Biden did say that he'll leave the official declaration up to international lawyers, but the remarks from one of the world's most powerful leaders is quite a statement. I'm doing everything within my power by executive orders to bring down the price and address the Putin price hike. In fact, we've already made progress since March inflation data was collected. Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide and a half a world away. A spokesperson for the Kremlin called the remarks unacceptable. With fighting still very active, it's difficult to know the exact numbers of casualties. Both Ukraine and Russia are reporting very different numbers, and some regions, like in the city of Maripol, Russian forces have surrounded the residents, making it very difficult to track the state of things. By all accounts, though, the number of casualties about six weeks into the invasion could be in the tens of thousands. Nordic countries Sweden and Finland could be looking to join NATO as soon as a few weeks. The leaders of the notoriously neutral countries came out and revealed current revelations regarding the security of their nations considering the ongoing war in Ukraine. Ukraine is friendly with Western countries and NATO members, but it isn't a member. So as the Russian invasion unfolded, and even now, Ukraine hasn't been able to have the defense backing that they hope. Article 5 in the NATO alliance says that an attack on one member is considered an attack against all members, which would give any attacking nation pause before provoking. Russia's concern this whole time has been the expansion of NATO. In the last couple decades, several Eastern Europe and even former Soviet nations have joined the bloc, bringing it closer to Russia's border. In fact, Finland shares a border with them. 
In February, a Russian foreign ministry spokesperson warned of military and political consequences for countries hoping to join. That was the main demand with Ukraine. But the invasion has seemed to rather empower nations to expedite their membership and increase their defense budgets. A federal report released Tuesday showed that inflation in March hit 8.5% over what it was March 2021. That makes it the sharpest rise since 1981. What this means is there's essentially an imbalance between supply and demand. For various reasons, demands for goods are rising, and the ability to provide that supply is decreasing, which is causing prices to rise. One reason is the economic disruptions from the COVID pandemic. Workforces around the world have been unpredictable as the virus has morphed and spread over the last couple years. Yesterday, I talked about how possibly up to 200 million people in China are currently experiencing stay-at-home lockdowns. China is the biggest manufacturer in the world, so to shut off production so drastically means slower production times and lower supply. Also, the pandemic saw major migration shifts, at least here in the U.S., with populations leaving cities for safer and more spacious suburbs, which caused a huge demand for houses, causing the prices of those to spike. Also, COVID brought a lot of money into consumers' hands thanks to the pandemic aid and economic stimulus checks, and people saving money throughout months or years of lockdowns. So again, you had buyers with more money to spend with lower supply. Another big reason for the imbalance is the ongoing war in Ukraine. Both Ukraine and Russia are big grain producers and exporters, but with Ukraine under siege and with Russia facing international sanctions, producing and accessing this good is very disrupted right now. And of course, Russia is also a huge producer of oil and gas, which is now facing the same complications, causing energy and gas prices to skyrocket. Inflation is often the result of what's called the wage price spiral. This is when, because of the rise of prices, people start asking for higher pay. In order to pay the higher wages, employers often pass that cost down to consumers by raising their prices. So it's a cycle. One way the Federal Reserve may try to ease the increase is by continuing to raise interest rates, which is likely to prevent as many people from pulling out loans and spending. But it's a sensitive balance. Doing it too drastically or too fast could cause a recession. With many parts of the world starting to adjust to COVID and with the virus starting to wane in severity, some economists are hopeful that we can start to find some stability again. It's still to be seen what happens with the war, though. If it were to end soon, then maybe economic consequences can start to smooth out a little. Or maybe nations will start to develop other supply options, like importing oil locally or from elsewhere. It's Thursday, April 14th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening.